Hello and welcome to Shop Small, Eat Big, where each episode we'll be speaking to an artisan food or drink business, baking, brewing, creating, making fantastic produce and selling it throughout the UK. We get under the hood to understand what inspired them, how the business got started and the detail and love that goes into their products. Hope you enjoy listening. If you do, please give us a like, share, follow on our social media page, Pueblo UK, and any comments, please feel free to reach out on our contact email, hello at pueblofood.co. In this week's episode, I had the pleasure of speaking to two fantastic people, Archie and Akil, founders of London-based Amala Chai. In 2018, these two set off on the trip of a lifetime, traveling to the north of India, in and amongst the mountainous region that is the Himalayas. There was nothing that encapsulated the long-lasting memories of the trip more than the moments they shared with locals and travelers alike drinking masala chai. Recognizing that they, and we, were not getting the real deal here in the UK, Archie and Akil talk a little bit about their mission to bring us their authentic blends, how to make the perfect brew, and some of the commitments they uphold that brings real meaning to ethical sourcing. Well, guys, thanks ever so much for uh, for coming on and taking the time. Um, it's it's uh, massively appreciated. I suppose something that I am always really keen to understand and and learn is before Amala Chai became Amala Chai, and before you guys were even sort of thinking about um, the business. What was the what was the story? What was the background? What what sort of led you down this path of of um, getting to a place where you sort of wanted to bring um, real traditional masala chai to the UK? For sure. So the story starts quite a long time ago, actually. Um, Akla and I, we, we've been friends for a long time. We went to school together um, and kind of that friendship has blossomed over the years. Uh, but the thing that kind of drew us together was our love of traveling and exploring our sense of adventure together. So before Amala Chai was even a thing, we did a little Euro trip together. We traveled around Nicaragua for a month. Um, and then Akil's going to go into it. But then we, we traveled around the Indian Himalayas. But um, before the business was even in our minds, um, after university, I used to manage a street uh, food business called the Duck Truck in Spitalfields Market. Um, and I just really love this, really, especially kind of the interaction with the customers, you know, the hustle and bustle, getting out and about and kind of just the act of doing things, really. Um, I learned a lot from a really amazing boss who's now kind of become a mentor. And it was always in the back of my mind that I wanted to start something similar. But as, as I'm sure you're aware, um, you know, food is a tough game. So it had to be kind of the right thing. Anyway... Got a job in sales um, and and kind of did that for a little bit um, before Akil and I went to the Indian Himalayas. But I think Akil's got a little something to say before. <laughs> I mean, what a what a place to be traveling to at first, right? I mean, is this was this somewhere Akil that that you knew very well prior to actually sort of being there? I mean, it's a, it's a massive country, right? So I don't know if you have family there yeah. or it was just a place that drew. Yeah, so I'm Indian myself, so I've been uh, 
uh, around the kind of Indian culture and and yeah, I've been I used to go quite frequently, you know, to Bombay and uh, other cities. And my grandparents live in Gujarat, but I never had really travelled around. And my sister had spent two and a half years um, in India, and she really recommended, you know, going out and seeing some of you know the countryside and the different areas of India. Um, so at that moment, you know, I was stuck in a data analyst job. A lot of my friends were doing banking and consulting jobs. And my my kind of idea of life was just kind of, oh, I'll get a good salary and uh, um, be a data analyst around the world, which sounded great at the time. Um, so, yeah, we 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 jetted off to uh, uh, we first started in Rishikesh, but then we made our way up through the Indian Himalayas. And what was amazing around that area is that it's so different uh, compared to what uh, people's imagination of India is people just think of the busy cities, um, but this was just so beautiful in terms of landscape, the greenery, how it changed, you know, as we climbed altitude, and and yeah, uh, outside of the landscape, obviously, we were constantly drinking chai everywhere we go. Uh, sometimes so this is common. Little, this is common, yes. right? This is this is kind of you you find it everywhere you go, and particularly where you were traveling and climbing, it was just as common as water yeah it was a given that you know you could just go by some street vendor or by any restaurant and you almost be assumed that you'd be getting a cup of chai uh and also it'd mostly be you'd have to say a little less sugar because otherwise uh they normally pile it in um but what we really uh fell in love with obviously my dad actually um makes chai for my mum every morning so I've kind of been around it but for Archie, um, you know, uh, what we both really loved about it was how it brought, brought people together. Um, so you would see groups of people, you know, the first thing people would be asking, hey, should we have a cup of chai together? Or if you're going to some, someone's house or a homestay, it'd be like, hey, it'll be a meet and greet over a cup of chai. And that really uh, sat quite strongly with us. And, um, you know, um, whilst we're going around the mountains, you know, it's definitely something that really stuck with us through our journey. Yeah. Um, so, so it sounds like you really fell in love with, you both fell in love with it, I suppose, particularly you, Archie, perhaps where you sort of hadn't had it as yeah, for sure. as, as regularly. I have this fond memory of the first night in Rishikesh going to a restaurant and seeing masala chai on the menu and saying, and Akko goes, we're getting a masala chai. And I'm like, what's masala chai? <laughs> and then from that point onwards, it was just endless chai everywhere we went. As Akko said, it was just a given. So I definitely fell in love with it. I didn't know much about it before, apart from having it occasionally at Akko's house when I was, when I was younger. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just something clicked. Um, and I think we, I think I loosely just, you know, we were discussing, we, we should start a market store that, you know, um, when we, when we, when we come back to London and it was kind of just a loose idea. Um, and then obviously we had this amazing experience in India, which was kind of synonymous with chai. Um, and then obviously, sadly, we had to come home, um, <laughs> and, and back to, back to the office jobs. Um, 
But the thing that just was in our mind was was chai. We were trying to find it uh, everywhere we went. Um, and we quickly found that, you know, it really was just the Indian restaurants, the likes of the Shoom and Cricket that had good chai. Uh, apart from that, it was quite tough to find, really. And, and um, even, in, even in London, you were struggling, which is... You know, yeah. a, you know, a, a metropolis of um, you know food and drink paradise. It Absolutely. strikes me as amazing. So, what what did you find? Were you know, you know, you came back to London from your travels, and you, yeah, you wanted so, to, so, you wanted it. So, so the chai latte was what we could find, but it just wasn't doing it justice. You know, sickly sweet, often doesn't even have any tea in it. Uh, sugary spiced mix pumped with hot milk. Um, and, and so really, um, we, were, we were frustrated. Um, so we, we, you know, I got, we, Akhil and I, we were hanging out and we were drinking chai at Akhil's house, um, playing around with Akhil's grandma's chai masala recipe, really. Um, and it was just developing that recipe, just drinking endless chais and working towards uh, getting a product that we, that we thought we could sell in a market. Yeah. Um, was there a point in time where, where you guys just, the, the two of you just thought, well, look, here, this is a product which is clearly going amiss right now. Like, as you say, it's available in cricket, it's available in, in Dishoom, which, but, but of course that, that is just, a, you know, they are an Indian restaurant. That's not, the, that's not the reason why you, you, you probably go there. So I suppose it was at that point then that the two of you decided that you carry on with your full-time roles, but you saw an opportunity to provide this, this, this product. And, uh, and I suppose the basis and the foundation of that was from your travels, but also Akil's grandma's um, tr- traditional recipe. For sure. I mean, it was kind of birthed out of, you know, as I mentioned, the frustration of, of not being able to find the good chai and realizing that there really was a gap um, and that it wasn't, there wasn't much around, especially the grab and go locations. You could go and sit down in a restaurant and have a glass of chai, but it was very difficult to pick one up whilst you're out and about and on the go on the way to work and, and things like that. So that was sort of the start of it all, playing around with Akil's grandma's recipe um, and starting a market stall on, on the weekends in Brick Lane. Um, and we, were, we both had full-time jobs at the time. So every evening I would go over to Akil's house after work and we would, we would focus on the recipes, plan out all of our logistics and really hone in on starting this market stall. Um, and, it, and it was purely out of the passion for chai, really. You know, we, we were doing it for the love of the chai and the fun of being together and doing something new and exciting. Um, and, and so, you know, obviously there was a whole load of trials and tribulations. I remember using Akil's small polo, having huge gas canisters, uh, <laughs> full to the brim, um, and, and, and just going at it and just trying to talk to people about chai, you know, whether they were into it and kind of what they knew about it and whether they wanted it. And we had a four weekend uh, space in Brickmart, in Bricklin. And it was a huge success. And it, it, it seems that there were a lot more people that were frustrated by the lack of traditional chai and not into the chai latte. Um, mm. And that was the start of it all, really. Yeah. So, you've, you've, you've validated the concept pretty, pretty well, clearly. Um, how, how do you go from sort of producing it in small quantities you know, when I say small quantities, I mean, you know, you guys getting up in the morning and, and wanting a glass. And you, you said there you were playing around with um, with Akil's 
uh, grandma's right. recipe. But but how do you go from from that into we're starting a business and we're producing it in much larger quantities? Like how how does that how did that work for you guys? Yes. So, so yeah, obviously, you know, the way chai is made is you've got to brew the milk, the water and the tea and spices over a period of time. Uh, So we decided to get some super large vessels and just make mass chai. Um, And then when uh, we used to sieve that load and then when that used to get a little bit lower, then we'd make uh, another batch. Uh, The thing is, it takes around 40 minutes to brew uh, with that large quantities. Um, so when we first started, we had four different flavors of chai. We had like a mint, a lemongrass, ginger, our classic cardamom chai. And then we had also had the oat milk. So we did realize that, you know, there was quite a lot of chai, uh, a lot of different chais and a lot of different, you know, things to try coordinate. So over the period of time, we've kind of learned how to best maximize um, the operation and with any business, you kind of pick things up as you go. You can't expect to be perfect straight away. Even when that, even in that first stall in Brick Lane, we had uh, different Indian snacks called a sev puri, and we did ginger biscuits. And we basically understood that people come to us for chai, whilst it is great for for them to have a little snack. For us, logistically, you know, just to turn up there with the tea, the spices, the milk, the water, is a lot easier for us than (laughs) making it, preparing We were up till 3 a.m. that first weekend, making those ginger biscuits and, uh, you know, popping these puris. You could have been getting some sleep basically instead, right? Especially when everyone's just just, just coming coming for the chai. Yeah. (laughs) Did you, you, um, when when it came to the sourcing, Mm-hmm. Did you do you look to the UK for that who import directly from India or, or did you guys kind of want to command and control that process right from the get-go? Yeah, sure. so that was just gonna yeah. Go for Archie. I was just gonna say this is where things started to get really exciting for us. Um yeah, I mean it's a fun so, part, I think, isn't it? Yeah, and, and this is kind of where the passion lay uh, lay with us and we were able to ex- explore our sense of adventure with with our own business missions in, in mind, which was really exciting. So quickly after um, that Brick Lane market, we, um, I think that was in January 2019, by the time May came around, we had two markets in King's Cross. Um, and at that point, we quit our jobs and we went full time. Um, but we knew, so, so we were using Indian spices and tea that were sourced in the UK, but we knew we wanted to create a fair, uh, sustainable supply chain, um, and go out to India and meet with the farmers and the, the, the tea states and the spice farmers and, and fill and build a relationship from the ground up. Um, so yeah, so we went back to India on a sourcing journey, um, so I think Akil's going to take us through yeah. our time in Assam. Yeah, so my, my dad actually helped out this organic uh, honey company uh, about 10 years ago. Um, and they were, they were just having cash flow issues at the time, and he just thought he'd help them out. Anyway, I re-reached out to them, and they were very uh, happy because they're in the organic fair trade space. Uh, they actually helped us uh, get some really good... Um, uh connections for our trip so we had organized a couple of meetings with the different tier states in assam which is right near burma so india actually hooks around to the right if people don't know um and a lot of the tier states sit there um but a big problem with um not a problem but 
a lot of the tea goes directly to auction houses and then the, the different middlemen either blend that tea and produce mass market teas. So what we really strive for was, A, we wanted to be fair trade and organic, but we also wanted to directly uh, contact and have a direct contact with the supplier. So the tea is coming straight from them, straight to us. Um, but yeah, we got off on, uh, got off, got off in Assam. We took a long journey up and yeah, it was just, it was beautiful to be outside of the city of, uh, London and just seeing right. the vast landscapes of tea estate after tea estates. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, it was really amazing just to, uh, go to different tea estates, speak with the suppliers, yeah. um, and just taste the tea fresh out of production. Like yeah. there was nothing like I've tasted before. It was almost <sighs> citrusy and and yeah, it was just really incredible. Uh, are, there, are, there, are, there, are there significant differences in um, you know you, you you say there that you're going estate by estate and and trying? Do do you? Um, but like, I mean, in, in chai tea in general, or the making of it, appreciate that you. You can have a cardamom chai, or you can have ginger, or you can have lemongrass. You can obviously you can add certain different flavors. But do you find like in actually tasting the tea, are, are the estates blending sort of different things together that creates variation, or do you find that it, it's all it's all relatively similar? Uh, I think there is quite a large difference uh, to uh, like a mass market tea that you'd find in the UK. Um, so depending on, so there are tons of tea estates in Assam, but fortunately the ones that we reached out to were a bit more ethical and ones that didn't use so many pesticides because there's such a large demand from the past. And when the British came to create mass market teas, you are left over with a lot of tea estates, which still have bad processes. Um, but, but yeah, honestly, I hadn't tasted I didn't realize black tea could be so flavorsome just, you know, just by <laughs> on itself. It, just on its own, just, basically. Just on yeah. its own. It, yeah. it really did blow us away. Um, and, you know, specific to Assam, you know, Assam tea is very malty. It's full-bodied. Uh, it's really got quite a powerful depth of flavor compared to, you know, your more traditional orthodox uh, lighter teas like from Darjeeling for say. So it really was, we focused on Assam because it was the perfect match for masala chai um, and the way it's brewed with milk and with spices. Uh, that multi uh, deep flavor really adds, you know, a lot to a cup of masala chai. Um, so, so we had previously pinpointed Assam as a place um, for the best tea for, for, for our purposes, really. Um, and it's a really intricate balance. You know, we went through all of the production factories and saw the whole process. And if there's changes to the humidity or the outside temperature, you know, they taste the tea every single hour on the clock and they fine tune that process depending on the outside climate. And that was really interesting. I mean, that uh, just sounds like grandma's recipe level 10. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, um, but yeah, so we ended up partnering with a, with a small family-run tea estate in Assam. And we actually met, we sat down with, with the owner. He had bought it off um, a British man in 1950s. Uh, and, and now him and his family run it. And they focus on kind of quality over quantity, organic practices, um, you know, and, and making sure that there's longevity in the land for, for, for years to come. And that was really important for us. Um, 
so yeah that, that, that was yeah that was- i was gonna say that that was gonna be part and part it always is part of the the question when when, when we when we speak to people on the podcast is I, I do get a sense that that when you are an artisan and when you're an independent yourself um and you go through that sourcing process and you know you're working directly with um uh, people and businesses who are creating the, the raw the, you know the raw ingredients and, and you have that real transparency in the supply chain i think you you uh, i think as independence yourself i think you almost care so much more about the the sustainability element of it and teas or you know we, we, tea is as a, as a broad subject has always had sustainability like particularly like the last 15 20 years hasn't it um but but, but also caring from the environment as well so it's, it's good to see that you guys straight away you know i think to, to launch the business yes of course you need to find ways of sourcing ingredients quickly and with a, with a relative cost and you know getting it from the uk made sense but but clearly in order to create and drive your own values and mission um you, you had to go local Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and obviously the tea is only one half of masala chai. Obviously it's it's the base, but um, within that you've also got the spices. So um, after we had traveled around Assam and caught, sort of built those relationships, we moved down to Kerala, down in the south. Um, and we had the most amazing experience in Kerala. So um, Akio, through his father's contacts, had set up some meetings with a bunch of different spice farms but there was one which really shone through and it was it was unlike it sort of resembled tropical jungle this farm um it was unlike anything we'd ever seen they focused on eradicating monoculture farming um so basically everything growing in harmony with the surrounding biodiversity instead of singular lines of crops just you know, for fast profit, these guys really focused on slow money um, and letting yeah. man take the natural course. Um, so, so yeah, so we had an amazing experience. We were, we were walked around the whole farm, saw all of our spices growing, um, you know, within this magical natural ecosystem. Uh, and, it, and it was just a no brainer. Um, almost instantly after that day, we, we knew that we wanted to work with these guys. Um, and the guy who started it was actually founding member of the Fair Trade Alliance Kerala. And it tied into our ethos and our values um, in terms of fair trade and sustainability. And their main focus beyond profit was ensuring that each household within these local farming communities has enough food for their family. Um, and then beyond that, they would, they would, they would sell the crop. So, you know, and they're also protect, there's a hot, there's an amazing cooperative going on. They're protected, um, you know, with a stable wage when global markets fluctuate, they have access to seed banks, which allow them to diversify their crops in times of hardship. Um, and it really was clear that community was kind of in the heart of this farm. Um, and, and they give their focus on, um, you know, nurturing the land. And it just was so inspiring for us. Um, and we've actually got some really great new pages coming on our website. But this product that we've released now, which is using these suppliers, we, we've, we've, we're donating 5% of our revenue back to um, this cooperative, in, which works under the Fair Trade Alliance Kerala um, in Wynad. 
And so that's really, really important to us. Um, and there's some cool stuff coming on our website soon, but our, it's essentially, it works in a way where um, we pay a premium already for the price of fair trade and organic produce. And then that 5% that we've pledged to give back goes on top of that premium as an additional cost when we buy our raw goods. Um, so that support, that gives instant support to those farming families who produce those crops through um, organic and fair trade premiums. And then all of the additional premiums are kind of collated in uh, a centralized hub, shall we call it, in Kerala. Um, and then these funds are distributed um, across certain groups of rural farmers who focus on organic farming um, as subsidized loans um, for them to buy infrastructure or anything else that they may need. There's also loads of other great initiatives going on, like soil testing, organic manure units. Um, and, but the thing that really caught us and why we wanted to partnership with these guys was because it sort of it works in a cycle. So once one group of farmers have received some support, it then gets fund and, and pay back that subsidized loan. It then goes straight back into the system and goes to another uh, group of farmers. And for us, that, that's really important. And we're really excited to be working with them to help them uh, support their goals, really. Yeah, and clearly, clearly it impacts not just the tea industry, but as you say, like with microfinance going to farmers who are perhaps farming lots of different types of crops, you're you're really impacting, um, you know, sort of small economic zones like within within India, like not not just specifically for tea. So to be able to to give that back and that distribution is um, is fantastic, and obviously that's just it's yeah, it's great, it's good, great that you're doing that, but it's also just we're seeing that more often these days and i think you know it's it's good isn't it you're seeing large multinationals are now beginning to become a little bit more focused about it and the, the fact that even you know that you guys are doing it um yes you're not you're not turning over multi-million pounds but i think every little every little effort um i don't think always people realize do they just just how much impact um you can have from what you're doing and, and we wanted to set that set this as a foundation so as we grow and hopefully grow over the years to come, so will so will these donations, and we can continue to work with them, you know, for years to come. Um, so it's just about setting those foundations and and staying true to your values, really, about why, why we, you know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what you're supposed to do in business, isn't it? I mean, you never really, as you as you sort of pointed out a little bit earlier, um, you, you you definitely learn as you go, as you go. Uh, in terms of the sourcing and the products, manufacturing and, and and selling and speaking and getting getting customer feedback, but I don't think values change. They're very much sort of fixed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so tell me tell me a little bit about the about the the actual products. Like, do you guys? Because you, you mentioned there that a little bit before that there's there's a ton of different flavors now, uh, and this is sort of again. Uh, we we had a, a another company on a, a little bit earlier who um, were making some pretty crazy um, tea spice mixes. Um, so so what are, what are you guys doing? What's what's the customer favorites right now? Do, do you have a like a seasonal seasonal one? Like what how how um, how's that yes. working? So the way it worked, basically, we had a lot of customer feedback uh, when we were going, you know, just doing these markets that people wanted to start brewing at home. Uh, so 
our classic cardamom masala chai, which has cardamom, nutmeg, black pepper, cinnamon, ginger powder. We used to grind this at home and we would prepare it for the markets. But what we started doing is we started uh, bottling this up in little jars so people can start uh, brewing at home. Uh, then slowly we added the tea and then, you know, clearly there was some demand for people to brew at home. And then when we got these um, shipments over from India, then we decided to actually produce this in a really nice packaging um, to start uh, selling online and selling more at our stores. And, and yeah, we just wanted to educate people how to make it properly, how the brewing process really extracts that flavor and gets that really nice hit of cardamom, which you get in our product. And, and yeah, that is uh, what our main product is at the moment. Um, we do have other different uh, spice mix flavors. So we have a fennel, clove, cardamom, and cinnamon flavor. Um, but the, the great thing about masala chai is that everybody has their own family recipe. In Kashmir, they have a pink chai. Um, you know, down where I'm from in Gujarat, they use around four or five spices. So everybody has their own take. It's just about whether you're able to balance the spice spices and have mm. that great combination of tea um, with it. Yeah. So if I got um, an order from from you guys on the site, because as you you know you quite rightly pointed out, it's, there's clearly a you know a demand for it not just at the market stalls, but also for people that want to have it at home and have real good high quality um, chai tea. What is the, you know, I'm, an, I'm a complete noob. So for the purpose of um, myself and people listening in, how do you, how do you make masala chai? <laughs> <laughs> so if you get one of our cardamom, uh, cardamom masala and Assam tea, you're provided with two separate sachets of our cardamom spice mix and our Assam tea. So the way you'd make it is half mug of water, half mug of milk, half a teaspoon of the spice mix, half a tablespoon of the tea, a teaspoon of sugar, whack the heat on. You want to get yeah. it to the boiling point and you want to simmer for around one to two minutes. The milk will start to rise, but you just got to make sure that you turn the heat down when it's about to overflow. But the key for this is just brewing it over and over again. So you get that deep, dark liquor from the tea and the really strong flavors from the spices. Pour through a sieve and then you've got your couple of masala chai. So superb. So it's not that difficult. It's pretty easy at home. And I, and I saw on your site that you have a, 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 a starter kit um, with the various Absolutely. different. Yeah. Absolutely. So it really, the starter kit is for somebody who really just wants to get going with masala chai. So it includes a pan and a sieve and then one of our uh, cardamom masalas and Assam tea. So all you would need is just your milk or milk alternative and sugar or sugar alternative a lot of people like to use honey um, and we put that together it's essentially just like a one-stop kit for people who want to get going and want to learn the ways of, of, of masala tea um, I, I suppose it's important to mention as well that we're big believers in playing around with it having fun with it finding your own perfect balance with tea and the spices, which was one of the main reasons why we kept them separate. Some people like stronger tea, some people like stronger spices and vice versa. Um, 
but also, you know, using fresh ingredients. Akal and I are obsessed with ginger. We love a fiery chai, um, but other people <laughs> like to use turmeric, even basil, mint, lemongrass. It really is up to you, and that's the beauty of it, really. Yeah, that's that's uh, fast, isn't it? So, I mean, you, you guys can create so much. And as you say, I think the alternatives of, of milk are, are now so popular, right? I mean, particularly oats. I suppose are you guys getting a lot of demand? Well, when you when you were open for the stalls for for alternative um, uh, milk sources as well. Absolutely. I mean, at some of our markets, it's split 50-50. You've obviously got those people who are almost offended when you tell them that their masala tea is not made with dairy milk. And then on the flip side of that, um, other people won't go near it. Um, But um, (laughs) at the the very beginning of everything, we played around with all the milk alternatives, the soys, the almonds, the coconut, the oats. um, And we found oat was by far the best, especially the ones with a high fat content. So your oatly Mm. baristas, um, I think minor figures do a nice one as well. But essentially, that high fat content mimics a whole dairy milk. So yeah. it really adds to the Gives ease it of that it. creamy sort of ness, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm personally a convert. Um, so whenever I used to have coffee, it was, of course, always with milk um, and tea. But I find that, as you say, I find that oat milk is probably the best alternative for someone that wants to have something similar, but, but not to have dairy. Um, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, superb. Guys, what is Amala Chai's plan for this year? Like, given given the nature and uncertainty that we've all been living through for um, coming up for a year now, I suppose, you know, you've, you've not been able to be present and in front of people at the stalls that, that you used to be. So having the website's obviously great where you have that online presence, but sort of you guys thought and considered what um what the plan is this year at least now that there is a little bit of news um better news hopefully that um we'll be able to be uh, once again free and markets might be able to continue um but but what's the what's the strategy what's the plan yeah so after the first lockdown we actually found that so there was no weekday footfall um, so a lot of people, were, our, our other markets were around a lot of offices. Um, so that kind of made us adapt to open up some weekend markets, uh, which is actually, we had a really good end of the year. We had one in uh, London Fields. We had one in Victoria Park and one in Lloyd Park. In fact, we actually have the Lloyd Park one still going on every Saturday. Um, so the plan is to uh, continue opening up different weekend markets. Uh, we anticipate the a lot of people will still be working from home, um, but we have actually also started approaching retailers to get our home brewing kit stocked in um, different uh, small retailers. Um, so we're hoping to push that quite further. Yeah. And then towards the end of the year, we're hoping to introduce some new flavors of tea and masala. Um, so, so those are our main core focus. Um, yeah. But obviously, as things change with coronavirus, you might need to take a different spin in different ways. Um, yeah. But I think that's what's taught us, uh, you know, uh, we just have to adapt to whatever the situation is. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. it's a little bit of go with the flow. Um, there's, there's saying that, but Absolutely. I, think that's, I think that's an interesting strategy. And, it, and it's clearly focused a bit more on 
as you say, if you're going into retailers, then you know a lot of these retailers will have um, online presences themselves, won't they? And that's sort of clearly the the direction of travel. Is that is that what you guys see? I mean, obviously, that the foundation of what you do is is very much you know on the ground, boot, boots on the ground with the market stalls. You're, you're there, and I, I suppose that 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 value will never change, but. I suppose going with the flow, it, it feels like the direction of travel is sort of growing ever more, ever more online. So it feels like the presence there is is needed, right? Absolutely. I think um, you know anybody who owns a small business or works with a small business knows what we've all gone through this year. And I think we just need to be prepared and not be shocked um, for any changes, and just you know have that willingness and the ability to adapt to what's happening or what's going to happen. Um, but, you know, more than anything, we're super excited to get back to all of our markets, get back to our customers, yeah. um, you know, hear how they're doing, what's going on. Um, we're excited for spring to come, of course. We start doing our iced masala chai again. Um, and there's going to be some interesting developments with that coming. Yeah. Um, but I that think- sounds super. That sounds super. Was that a, was that a was that a fan a fan favorite? Absolutely, absolutely. So still using you know all of the amazing tea and spices that we source from India. We condense it all down to a syrup, um, and then that syrup is added to ice, and then the customer can pick their choice of milk, swirl it all around. You got yourself a lovely um, ice chai there. Um, there you go. And has uh, has Grandma tried that one, Akil? I suppose that wasn't in the uh, in the recipe box traditionally. You know what? Funnily enough, my grandma doesn't drink chai. She just makes it for other people. So, really? Um, yes, she doesn't drink chai. <laughs> so it's her recipe, but she she doesn't have it herself. Nope, she doesn't drink chai because I think this one time she made it, she spilt it on my granddad, and he got slightly burnt. Uh, and so now she doesn't. For good omens, she doesn't drink chai. So, uh, but, but yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. superb. That is superb. Well, it's, that's fantastic. Um, and also, Alistair, I think it's just worth saying, you know, that we're, we're really excited to see the growth of, of Pueblo. And it's amazing to see, you know, that you're, you're pushing independent brands and artisan uh, products. And it's really amazing to see. And we're, we're looking forward to seeing your community growing um, and getting and seeing your site when it comes live as well. I think it's- Absolutely. Yeah, me too. No, I think, you know, from a mission standpoint, it's mine is not, you know, not too dissimilar to yours. I think, you know, my, my inspiration for this came from last year when I was ordering, ordering bread from, um, uh, a couple, I think, that had recently lost lost their jobs as a result of the first lockdown, and they were were, were baking and uh, they were just selling sourdough loaves um, within within the postcode, and then they slowly were growing and growing and growing, and it it just sort of made me think there's such a huge array of sort of local independent artisans, people who are who are baking stuff from from home, uh, or even you know small businesses like like yourself, and I, you know clearly the direction of travel is online is getting bigger i mean yes i think this year we will see people out and about which is great i definitely want to be one of those people going into the market stalls and being there on the on the ground but i think you know generally day to day a lot of the direction of travel is 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 going online so i think you know the inspiration for me is i i want to create an online community where 
customers automatically think in the UK when they're going for artisan food, Pueblo, and and the same for sellers and the same for you guys. It's just, you know, it's an additional, it's a, an additional route into the online spaces in a way as re, re, reaching customers. So for me, it's, it's sort of a no brainer just to kind of bring that fragmentation and, and consolidate it. Um, there's, there's definitely room for that. I mean, people are doing stuff, but there's, there's, it's not as well known as say a delivery or a just eat, which is, you know, you, you guys load up your app and you order from a restaurant. It's everybody knows how to do that. I don't think that there is a, an artisan sort of independent marketplace online that has that same level of awareness. So that's, that's a mission for me. And that's, that's the biggest challenge. But as you know, as we said about challenges, they're exciting and that's, that's what we do it for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Brilliant. Guys, uh, it was absolutely fantastic to have you on. Thank you um, ever so much for taking the time to tell um, Amala Chai's story. Um, it was you know, brilliant. And I, I always loved particularly to hear stories that involve, you know, out there traveling and, and finding something that you, you truly love and you can see that it brings people together and you, you come back home and you want to create the same the same environment as for me, I think that's the that's the real uh, passion that I love to see. That as a reason why people start up businesses, it's not it's not for it's not for the monetary side. I mean, yes, we all we all need that economic gain, but it's um, the, the the creating creation of a community, the creation of a product, and seeing something grow and blossom into something is 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 worth more to us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us, Alistair. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, yeah, I mean, and if, Great. you know, when things start to ease up, you'll have to come round one of our stalls for, for a nice hot chai. Absolutely. Yeah. If the weather's getting better, then I think I'll probably take one of those ice ones. That sounds, that sounds 100%. awesome. Yeah. <laughs>